a Flow Media production. Beautiful, a true crime memoir. Written by Cameron Lundgren. Narrated by Jesse Angelis. A tale of fast romance that escalated quickly into a heated exchange. One man now is left accused of a murder that he didn't commit and robbed of the grieving of his lost love. Chapter 6, Music Festival, Before the Nightmare, Fall, 2018. After DOS Energy, concerts became a thing for Shana and me, and I suspected we went to over a dozen concerts in our first four months to come, including Ozzy, Metallica, checked off a bucket list seeing Kygo, and more EDM shows than I can even remember. As a middle-aged man, I never thought it'd be possible I'd be listening to this kind of music or seeing live music so regularly. And I felt like a little kid again. The weekend after DOS, my friends Everett and Dan had VIP cabins for the Reggae Rise Up, another weekend-long music festival. It was too late for me to get a cabin, and the tent sites were further away from both of my friends and the stage. Everett and Dan said Shana and I could stay in the enclosed trailer next to the cabins, so long as we didn't fear roughing it. All we needed were tickets to get in. I was told we could have a UTV at the festival, which is essentially a four-wheeler that has bucket seats for up to five people. I loaded my up and the two of us headed out in the truck. As we pulled into the festival grounds to unload it, we learned we weren't allowed in the tent camping area. But my friends must have known that because they brought out a banner that read security in the front window. Everett said they had just used a printer, but the sign looked legit. Not one security guard batted an eye as Shana and I drove right through and parked next to the cabin. After setting up shop, we drove the truck back to the main parking lot where Shana saw her ex's Dodge truck and she laughed. He always wanted a GMC Denali, she mused. Then an idea lit up her face. Can I drive past him? Rolling my eyes, I responded. Of course you can, beautiful. She jumped in the driver's seat, and it looked like she'd been born to drive a truck. Even though she looked so miniature from my stance outside the window. Why do you look so short in a car, but so tall in real life? I've got a short torso, silly. I'm all legs. Well, that should have seemed obvious, I thought. I hopped into the passenger seat, and we cranked up the stereo, bumping the subs, as we drove by the Dodge. I'm not sure if her ex even saw us, but it didn't matter. I loved her smile while driving that truck, and I loved helping her win her small battles. After parking, we shuttled back to the cabin. Our friends had outdone themselves. They brought two portable hot tubs, a pool table, more string lights than on a house at Christmas time, and plenty of speakers for music. We immediately started pounding the fireball. As things grew dark, I was tipsy, but my friend Brody and his girlfriend, Emily, challenged us to a game of pool. Brody started it off, and with the next turn, I finished the game. Shana admired me with that look in her eyes. I knew exactly what she was thinking. The two of us wandered down a couple of cabins where we bumped into a friend who offered us mushrooms. Shana and I exchanged hesitant glances. Well, we're going to need them. Otherwise, we're going to fall asleep soon, she suggested. I couldn't think of a fair retort. We ate them and went back to the trailer, our home for the weekend, 
to make our bed before the drugs kicked in. Just as I'd finished fluffing my pillows, I looked at Shana and we laughed hysterically. You're the one who's silly too tonight, she added. I conceded, giving her the glory for the night. We made our way over to a tree with four walls of sheet hanging up and snuck inside to make out. Once she pulled away to catch her breath, she cautiously looked around at the sheets and whispered, Walls, they're breathing. I wanted to take my black-haired angel then and there, but the sound of the commotion pulled us from our fort. A brunette was hunched over crying. Shayna ran over to the girl to console her, picking her up and wrapping her arms around her back in a protective stance. I could see the girl's red, swollen cheek from where I stood. I confronted the guy, standing at a close distance watching. Dude, did you hit her? I was sure the steam was blowing out of my ears. No, she fell down, dude. I yelled over to the girlfriend to ask what happened, but she just stammered, nothing, and turned away, continuing to be consoled by Shayna. If you touch her, I threatened through clenched teeth, me and you are going to have problems. The guy put his hands up and backed away. I walked up to Shayna and her new friend. Are you okay? He's just a dick when he gets drunk, she mumbled. I knew she was lying. Her bruised cheek said otherwise. If you feel unsafe for any reason, you come find us, okay? The girl seemed more than happy to take me up on the offer. Can I hang out with you guys? I like you two. The rest of the night, we watched hundreds of people come through our camp in a blur as we sat on a log next to the pool table under the trees, cuddling our new friend. We ended up seeing maybe 30 minutes of that concert but our bodies were toast and we called it an early night. I woke up the next morning with the drumming in my skull. I rubbed my temples, moaning as I tried to sit up. Fuck, my head is pounding, I mustered. I just want to die, Shana groaned. Not on my watch, beautiful. Then Shana groggily formed her hands into the shape of a gun and pretended to shoot her head. Don't you do that. I love your brains. Don't you ever hurt them, I demanded. Then I leaned over and kissed her forehead. Shana seemed kind of shocked by my comment, and I didn't know what to make of it. But before I could decipher her expression, she pushed me on my back, ripped off my pants, and started riding me, never once taking her eyes off mine. We got changed and opened the door to my friend Jack sitting in the defective hot tub just outside the trailer. He was scrawny, covered in tattoos, and probably hadn't seen the inside of a shower in a few days. The quintessential stoner. Have fun, kiddos? He asked casually, taking a hit off his joint. Shayna awkwardly laughed, grabbing my head to head to the food trucks, but not before turning back to Jack to give a sly wink. Someone at the festival approached us on our way over to snag coffee and asked if we wanted any acid. I was totally caught off guard. I hadn't done acid since my early 20s, but I remember liking it, and I thought it might cure my hangover, so I obliged. I hadn't really talked about my divorce with Shayna. She wasn't fully aware I was in a midlife crisis for the last three years post-divorce, or the extent of my speed dating, partying, and sleeping with women, filling the void my ex-wife left. I definitely wasn't making the best decisions at the time, 
and agreeing to drop acid was one of those poor decisions. But I was no stranger to drugs. I felt safe with myself. We're here to have fun, aren't we? I looked at Shana and gave her a small shrug. Why not? Shana said. She didn't seem to have the same reservations I did, though she wasn't going through a midlife crisis. She was young and allowed to party. The guy put two drops of acid on her tongues. Shortly after, Shana was clinging to me as we walked to the festival grounds. Cameron, please don't leave me, she insisted. I get scared when I'm alone. Alone? Baby, I'm right here. I know. I'm sorry. It's just, I have abandonment issues and drugs really bring them out. Her clenched fingers around my arm confirmed this. I'm not going anywhere, I said as I held her close. Two hours had gone by and I felt nothing, which was very strange for acid. Chalking up the acid as a bust, we decided to go on a long UTV ride with Everett and his girlfriend up a rough trail at the Snake Creek in Midway, Utah, which led up to the backside of Brighton Ski Resort overlooking Lake Mary. With my vehicles, I always live by the rule, when in doubt, throttle out, which I imagine made for some scary rides for my friends. But as we twisted back and forth down the trail, Shayna didn't flinch and it turned me on. She loved the intensity as I drove recklessly. I planned to surprise her as we summited. It was a short hike to the tippy top from where we parked, maybe 20 feet or so. As we climbed to the peak with a view that was something otherworldly, I asked Shana if she would hike down a nearby ledge where we could take a picture overlooking Lake Mary and gave my phone to Everett to take the shot. As we traversed down the steep ledge, Shana gripping my hand tightly, we made it in front of a tree. I took her hands and said, Shayna, in the short time I've known you, you've stolen my heart, and I want to keep it, and I want to ask for yours. I promise to keep it in a safe place at all times. Shayna, will you be my girlfriend? That beautiful smile I came to love broached her face from ear to ear. Yes, baby, yes. She squeezed me so tight I could barely breathe. She was mine. One night while we were lying in bed, Shana admitted, I'm so tired of waitressing. I want to do more with my life, you know? Baby, I hesitated. Where do you work? I felt a little foolish knowing she was a waitress, but not knowing where exactly she worked. The Park Cafe in downtown Salt Lake City. Shana was notorious for not showing emotions, even in her most vulnerable times. You know what, babe? I started, you're so amazing with people. Why don't we start a business together and I can help you? Her face immediately lit up at my suggestion. She flipped to her stomach and perched her fist under her chin. What are you thinking? My mind started racing. I had started a trucking company a few years earlier and was addicted to the success. Maybe we could do something similar, something she already knew how to do. Why don't we start a coffee truck? Shana would often share with me all she knew about her repeat customers. It was in those moments I knew she was loved by more than just me. In fact, she told me about one specific couple that would come in monthly, an older couple in the retirement, and she'd tell how much she admired them for being together so long 
and she'd ask them questions on how they did it. Shana began to glow. I would love that, she said. I see one across from my work all the time. It's close to the bus stop for students going to the University of Utah, and it always has a line. My brain started clicking, working out the logistics. Motivated by her enthusiasm. Tell you what, you work on what we need, and I'll be the funding. I'll make you 60% partner, and together we'll build this for you. That next morning, I woke up and made her coffee and started her car. The weather was starting to grow colder. I was not an early riser, but Shana worked the breakfast shift and she mentioned to me that she had always wanted a remote car starter because she hated getting in her cold car in the mornings. I noted that for a Christmas present idea. She also talked about how much she loved going to Java Joe's for her daily coffee after her first shift break. Because Shana was mostly staying at my house every night, I decided I would wake up every day at 5.30 a.m. and recreate her favorite coffee order. Granted, it was a Keurig iced coffee, but I bought all the mixings. I began parking my commuter out front to make space for her car in my attached garage, and I'd start her car every morning so it was warm when she would leave. She always came downstairs in the morning with a smile and gave me her adored jump kiss, followed by, I love you. Every so often, I would say, I love you too, by mistake, and received a scolding. It always upset her, and I tried to be more careful with that, too, word. On her drive to work, I would lie in bed, unable to sleep after getting up so early, scrolling on my phone, looking for some meme or quote about love to send to her and wait for her to respond. As soon as I heard from her, I would call her and ask her how her drive was going, talking nearly her entire drive to work. She would often complain that my house was too far from her job, a nearly hour-long drive, but she said she would do it for me. So I wanted to do everything in my power to make it easier for her. I would always buy her flowers. When they died, She'd arrive home with a fresh bouquet on my kitchen counter. One chilly morning, I decided to deliver flowers to her work. I grabbed a vase from my house, then stopped in a local florist and bought two dozen roses. I decided to sweeten the deal by adding some of her favorite Reese's, pack of gum, a handwritten note that spelled my love for her through ink. As I pulled up to the park cafe, I saw the diner was still unopened, but even still, her car was nowhere to be found. Confused, called the restaurant. Hi, I'd like to leave some flowers for Shana before you open, if you don't mind. The gentleman, on the other hand, stuttered. Uh, what's her name again, sir? Now it was my turn to sound confused. Shana, I repeated. We don't have a Shana here. I hung up. I didn't understand why they wouldn't know her. Cameron. Hey, you. I wanted to surprise you this morning at your work, but they're saying you don't work here? I was still sitting in the parking lot. 20 minutes went by without no response. The flowers on the passenger seat taunting me. Finally, I got a text back. Shayna. Hey, babe. What do you mean? Cameron. I'm here at your work trying to give you flowers. I was starting to get mad. She wasn't answering my question, and she clearly wasn't in the parking lot with me. Cameron, where the hell are you? 
Shayna, I'll see you when I get off. I'm not there now. I felt duped and embarrassed and definitely betrayed. Why was she lying to me about where she was? I drove home in a fury, throwing the flowers in the trash when I got home. Shayna really never fully moved in. Once a week on Monday, she would stop at her mother's and switch out her clothes for the week, often bringing a laundry basket of them to hang up in my closet, which added another 30 minutes to her drive to my place. We would normally text through the day, but I had not given her much attention that day due to my workload and my annoyance with her outright lie. Later that afternoon, she texted me, Shayna, Hey, handsome, I need to tell you something when I get there. I'm heading to my mom's now, and I'll be there as soon as I can. She was taken longer than usual, which only fueled my anxiety. A flash of headlights from the window announced her arrival in the driveway. She walked inside, and we met in the kitchen. Shayna, I wanted to surprise you this morning, at work, with flowers. I trailed off, waiting for her to fill the gaps. She looked down. I lied to you, and I'm sorry. Her gaze fell on the roses in the trash can. I love the flowers, she added. I didn't speak, only waited for her to take the lead. She took a big inhale. I work at Village Gym. She confessed on the exhale. I've worked there for seven years now, and I'm not proud of it, and I'm ashamed of my job, actually. Village Inn is a chain diner, not the cute local diner that the Park Cafe is, but a restaurant nonetheless. I almost wanted to laugh. This was her big secret? Every feeling of anger left my body. I walked up to her, placing my hands on her cheeks and pulling her face up to me from the ground. Shayna, baby, I don't care where you work. You're mine. And I want you to know I'm so proud of you for even working. It shows your true character to be strong and to survive, beautiful. She began to cry, so I scrambled my brain for something more to comfort her. I'll help you if this is something you don't want to do anymore. We can do the coffee truck if you want. Remember? Just let me know what you want to be. A single tear rolled down her cheek. I want to be a nurse, she sniffled. I pulled her face in and kissed her. Then a nurse you'll be, beautiful. I have a payroll client, a college that offers nursing school. I'll make an appointment right away with my contact. I have a friend at Salt Lake Community College. I think I'd like to go there so I know someone. Well then, tomorrow, I'll call them and see what they can do. Almost instantly, she hit me with a jump kiss, almost breaking my teeth. Cameron, I'm so ashamed. I never told a boyfriend where I worked before. I always hid it. Restless to see that smile again, I added, Shayna, please listen to me. You're amazing, and you should never be ashamed where you work. She jumped up to me, cradling me with her legs and wrapped her arms around my neck. Take me upstairs, handsome, she whispered. Before we dozed off, my phone buzzed with a text. Cameron, if you don't pay us, we're just going to come see you. As my anger rose, I began to think about my innocent kids in their room on the front of the house next to the street. What's wrong? Shana asked. Just some guy working for me wanting to get paid before I do. I'm worried a little bit if he were to do something stupid, though. He usually comes by my house to pick up his checks. I say cautiously, not wanting to scare her off. Well, what are you going to do? She asks. I'll be right back. As I went down to my basement where I kept my safe of guns for hunting and protection, 
I grabbed my 9mm, which was secure in a small safe by key, and went back to the room. Babe, I need to ask you something. Are you okay if I keep this under my bed for protection? It's locked by key so no one in the house should be able to get it. The key was on my keychain. Yes, that's fine. It's kind of hot how protective you are of us, she says as I lay down. She turned on my chest to give me a kiss. Good night, handsome. Thank you again for joining us here on the podcast. Just a reminder, this podcast comes out every Monday and Wednesday, so go ahead and mark that on your calendar. Also, you can get this book on Amazon, so go ahead and click on the link below, and you could either read along with us or you can skip ahead, find out what happens to Cam. Again, thanks so much for being here today. This is a Flow Media Production.